An Arkansas state senator goes viral for her comments on guns and race. Meghan Markle seeing the effects of racism as a new princess over across the pond. And the U.S. House overwhelmingly approves to release the Mueller report, but a big vote sort of throwing up a, a signal to President Trump. These are three really big, very important stories that came out this week, but not quite enough to you to say they're the top conversation stories, not top 10 material for this week. So what stories are in the top 10? Spoiler alert, we have two super stories and two major super stories. However, they're not even tops as well. We'll talk about those plus story number 208, 208 different distinct individual posts this week inside of the conversation. And it's all coming up right now for the wrap-up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne from thisistheconversation.com. This is for the week ending March the 16th, 2019. And welcome to the show. Jay Cleveland Payne already stated that and stated the name of this show, which is The Wrap-Up Show. And this comes about from thisistheconversation.com. Now, that website is your home for, I like to say, the best conversations in the world. And it works very simply. On the website and via our social media sites on Facebook and Twitter, every single day we post links to great stories, not so great stories, sometimes really kind of lousy stories, but stories that are not necessarily getting the big headline reviews. Stories are not, as I say, stuck on the Chiron all day on the cable news networks as I watch here in the States. And some of these stories are larger than others, but it all depends on what comes down in the list at the time as we put them in. About every hour, there's a fresh story being posted on social media, and you choose which stories are the most conversational, i.e. the ones you're talking about or at least chatting about online. You like, love, share, hate, reply, do whatever you can do to engage with the stories as they appear online. And the stories with the most, most juice, the most engagement, uh, get ranked up at the end of the week. And we tell you which ones are the top 10. That's going to be in the top 10, the first segment here. Second segment, we talk about our almost irrelevant story of the day. And that is a story at the very bottom of the list. And it's usually there, not so much because it's not as important, but mostly because it's a later story. We see what story almost didn't make the cut and how low it was. And we'll talk about that. And it normally becomes something that's usually something very interesting. Just the placement of the story, literally the timing, kept it at the bottom of the list. We also will go over our housekeeping in the middle segment where we talk about how things worked out. And today, we'll have a talk about some super stories. We'll explain what they are and how they got to be in the housekeeping segment. Third segment, we will round out the top 15 stories. We'll go into uh, slightly detail the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10. Some of the stories that you heard in the tease and what else. And we will have our shout outs. I'll stop saying it really silly. I'll just say shout outs. Shout outs to some of our Twitter and Facebook folks who gave extra love by replying to things inside of the week. Seven and a half or so days from Friday to Friday, we gauge this thing and we take a clipping from Facebook and Twitter, the exact same amount of time, exact same amount of stories, and we see which ones rank at the top. And so we'll go ahead and get things going this week with what we have in the 10 spot for the week ending March the 16th, 2018. And for 10 this week, we go back to what's been a pretty good chestnut in the, the standings of standard stories in the last couple of weeks with a headline for the 10-story reading, Empire actor Jussie Smollett indicted on 16 felony counts by grand jury. 
posted on March the 8th, Friday, March the 8th. And we got this from NBC News. We're going to go very quickly on this one. We did not post a second update when he actually got charged or actually got went to um, give his plea, which he pleaded not guilty to these 16 felony accounts. But you probably have heard the story and we've talked about it extensively. Jesse Smollett, the actor on the series Empire, which um, his status as major minor is all based on your standings on if you even watch or care about the show was believed to be a part of a racist attack a few weeks ago, which turned out to be a total setup by him as a way to get attention, supposedly to gain some extra infamy to work on some contract details. He's been released from the show, but of course the show went back to air this week with the episodes he was already taped into. We'll see how the show will deal with Jesse Smollett later on, which makes the show more intriguing. His life, not so much. As we said, he has pleaded uh, not guilty to all 16 felony counts that they are alleging he's doing. And, of course, it seems like every time he says he doesn't do something, Chicago police come up with some other piece of evidence that no one expected. We'll see how this one eventually plays out, eventually plays out, as apparently you folks like talking about Jesse Smollett. The story in the number nine spot is a sad one. So we have a lot of really sad ones this week, but it's a sad one that popped up, and it's one that I honestly, it was outside my radar, but it picked up uh, a lot of steam in the trending topics last night and into the morning. So when it got posted into our list, it became a very big deal. Number nine is Lewis Tomlinson's little sister Fizzy has died at 18 from heart attack. E! Online is where we got this source, our source for it, Friday, March 15th, when it actually got posted early, late, however you call it. A bump in response, which means it gets more responsive than the 10 story by 0.62%. I'm going to read a few lines from the story on E! Online, because as I said, this was something that was so far off my radar, I had no idea what the big deal was, and now I know. Lewis Thompson's younger sister, Felicity Thompson, has been found dead at age 18. Felicity, a model and social media influencer with over 1.3 million Instagram followers, reportedly collapsed on Wednesday after a suspected heart attack at her apartment in London. The Metropolitan Police Service tells E! News that police were called by London Ambulance Service on Wednesday to a residential address following reports of a female in cardiac arrest. Officers attended and the female, believed to be age 18, was pronounced dead at the scene. Felicity was la- has last shared her photo on Instagram on Sunday, March 10th. In the picture, Felicity can be seen sitting on the floor as she takes a selfie. Death Say News comes just two years after Felicity and Lewis's mom, Johanna Dernick, Dean Kick, I'm sorry, passed away after a long battle with leukemia. It was exactly one week ago that the 27-year-old One Direction star released an emotional new song about his mother's death called Two of Us. So for fans of One Direction, I, like I said, this is One Direction is not exactly on my top 10 list at the moment. I'm sure my daughter will keep me up to me on that one pretty soon. Uh, but his sister, the singer for One Direction, his sister passed away at a very, very young age and a very... I guess freakish type of incident from a heart attack at age 18. We'll find out more details on this very soon. I know. And of course our thoughts, prayers go out to uh, Lewis and all the family members and friends for Felicity Tomlinson, who is found dead at age 18 of apparently a heart attack. 
The number eight story this week had plenty of updates going along the lines. We only posted one major story on it, and we'll talk in a bit more detail on how it, it progressed along the lines. But the story that we posted was posted on Monday, March the 11th. Boeing 737 MAX 8. Airlines ground dozens of planes after Ethiopian Airlines incident. This gets a bumper response of 11.04 from the number nine story. A very quick kind of rundown on what's going on here because going in deep detail from the story that we didn't post or the other updates we post is doesn't make any sense. So let's go back to Monday, March the 11th. We posted this one. The airline in question belonged to Ethiopian Airlines. is one of the large 837 MAX 8 aircrafts that crashed after a very, very scary incident. We're finding more and more about that. The incident in this crash was extremely similar to a crash that happened months ago with the same aircraft, which uh, that was the Lion Air Boeing 373 MAX 8 uh, as well. So various countries and various airlines started grounding the planes because of the incident. And we started hearing more and more about some things that may have been rushed and some things that were in the works, but not quite put out yet. In fact, Boeing was putting out a software update immediately, uh, but the planes started to get grounded before they could actually do the fix. It got down to nation by nation by nation until later in this week currently, uh, it was down to you literally the United States being the only nation not flying the planes, Canada being one of the last major nations to say no planes flying, no planes in our airspace. Because of the issue, the United States, I'll say caved, but essentially they, they had to convene that it was not safe to fly these things, especially since no one else was going to fly them anyway. No one wanted them in their airspace. And we're finding out so many crazy things about the aircraft, including just the scariness that's going on. There were many complaints filed by American pilots that the similar incidents to what actually we believe caused the crashes had been happening to them and it was just because they were superior pilots if you will pilots who were trained enough to kind of deal with it that they're able to get past it and just leave a complaint as opposed to something more serious there's a lot going on in this thing still heavily developing so we'll get more details on this one much, much down the line, but we're going to be watching this one. There were many updates to be listed that we did not post in our social media over the week. It just This is the week that happened. But the main story that we posted on the 11th as they were grounding these planes or beginning to ground these planes, that's with the Boeing 737 MAX 8. All planes, all of these models now on the ground and other airlines, airlines and other nations trying to figure out how to move people around without this very important vital tool in their arsenal and the big thing is the planes that crashed were literally months old right off this assembly line the next story is another one that had plenty of updates in the news that got really weird and really salacious and we didn't add too many of them and they weren't close enough to add to the to super story if we did have too many big ones but here is the original headline we posted on tuesday march the 12th felicity huffman and Lori loffin Caught charged with mail fraud and massive college exam scheme. This gets a bumper response of 11.6% from the number eight story on the Boeing 737 MAX 8. And this is a story that got really, really weird really, really quickly. This was one I'm also going to kind of quickly paraphrase, so bear with me if I get a fact slightly askew. There is a very, very, as it said, massive college exam scheme that had one man running a fake charity for getting at-risk people essentially into schools. And a lot of very famous, very rich people put their money into the charity. 
However, the charity was actually a slush fund used to pay people to do people's tests, children's tests, to get them better exam scores, get into schools, and in some cases, pay off various members of administrations and sporting organizations in some elite schools to get kids into school and onto teams, or at least on the guys being teams without being on there. Case in point, the children of Lori Laughlin, two of them, which they paid, which were paid, or how do we say it, each, half a million dollars for two children to go to USC and be placed on the rowing team. Two kids who never actually rowed before, and I don't believe they actually rowed when they got there. And to be really, really weird, weren't even going to class or sort of bragging about it. And when the scandal broke, one of them was literally on the yacht with one of the trustees in the Bahamas, just chilling out, having a vacation in the middle of school years. So that thing got really weird. Uh, Felicity Huffman paid apparently $15,000 for her daughter to get to school, which got to be a really odd circumstance where her husband, William H. Macy, was was quoted in an article a few months ago about their daughter being in the process of getting into college admissions and how it's just stressful and things like that, only to find out he's not charged in the scheme, but his wife is charged with a much lower number than $25,000 a kid. Many more people paid much more for their kids. A large scandal, including various high-ranking and Ivy League institutions, various very rich people, and various members of sporting teams that you wouldn't expect anyone to look into, such as the yachting team or or the, the, the cross team, the smaller teams that don't really make so much money, and the coaches making it work. How was this found out? where apparently someone who was looking to get their taxes done in a little early this year decided to ask for the standard deduction for this charity. Except the charity is a scam that helps people pay for uh, their kids to get into elite colleges who wouldn't qualify otherwise. Therefore, the tax people got involved, and then the other people got involved, and now we see a lots of people. I think there were 40 people total who were charged in this mail fraud uh, for this college exam scam. We'll learn more about this as going down the line, but the fact that um, this, the numbers are staggering, the situations are staggering, and just the whole story, it just seems like something that comes out of a very bad plot for a very bad comedy, but it's actually totally real. The next story is heartwarming, and as a sports fan, we're in the thick of free agency for football. The teams can now go and shop around for players to leave their teams. The players can now shop around for teams to go to. As they're preparing for a couple things, the upcoming draft, getting people in place to get that ready to go, and just the season in general, setting up the the scenarios for the next season. This is a heartwarming story, believe it or not of a person who was getting disgruntled in the city where he was working and had some issues with the actual management of the, the team and, and the owners, but loved the fans and has shown the fans a great way to show his love as he steps out of town. Enough of the yakking. Former Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown buys billboards thanking Steelers fans. Thursday, March 14th, we posted this a bumper response of 15.84 uh, from the number seven story. A few lines from uh, Channel 2, CBS Pittsburgh, KDKA. Former Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown is thanking Pitt Steelers fans on local billboards. Electronic billboards saying, thank you, Pittsburgh, went up around Pittsburgh area Wednesday evening. 
Billboards went up just moments after Brown made his first appearance as a member of the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders acquired Brown for Pittsburgh for a third and fifth round draft picks. Brown also gets a new three-year contract from the Raiders that includes $30 million guaranteed. Total could reach $54 million when it's all said and done. Classy move from a person that people were basically ragging on for not being so classy with the team. There are various issues with the player while he was going through the season, and it was pretty obvious that his love affair with Pittsburgh from before, at least from a team standpoint, uh, was pretty much over, and they were just waiting for a way to get rid of him. Some people think they basically got a steal for him. You know, they, they didn't, they're expecting a first round draft pick for to be payment instead, a couple of lower round draft picks instead. But AB84, as he was in Pittsburgh, we'll see what number he wears for Oakland or Vegas, I guess. We'll see what number he wears for them, is now a Raider, and he's thanking his former fans for being great fans. That shows that shows some character. That shows some love. Hopefully more players are doing that as they're leaving this, this teams that made them famous and can go on forward and have good reputations instead of just blasting teams for not being great to them. Let's move quickly to the number five story. And the headline here, a Google employee broke the world record for calculating pi, also posted on Thursday, March the 14th. And we have a bump of response of 8.97% from the sixth story. Reading a few lines from Business Insider, here is what happened. A Google employee named Emma Heruka Awa has used Google's cloud computing service to break the world record for calculating pi, an infinite number vital to engineering. Most people will be familiar with the first few digits from pi from geometry class. It's 3.14. It's a number you get when you divide a circle's circumference by its diameter. Iowa, a cloud developer advocate who has worked at Google for over three years, successfully calculated pi to 31 trillion digits, beating the previous record by 9 trillion. Google announced her accomplishment on Thursday, which also happens to be Pi Day. There you have it. I can't, I, I have nothing goofy to say about that. I have nothing, no, nothing jokey to say about that. It's actually a pretty cool thing happening or announced at least on Pi Day. Although it's basically a advertisement for Google, but you know, let them do what they're going to do. Now we've got to get very serious with this next story, or actually next batch of stories. This is actually a super story. Uh, two postings posted within six hours of each other, and the it's something that's still developing right now. Posted late last night when it happened here. At least we got news here. Something happening in New Zealand, New Zealand. And the posting of the the um, a quick update in the morning as I was getting up and getting things ready. So this is one of those fast moving stories, and it's also a super story. We'll explain the full details of that. But it got enough attention in the early mornings for both of these. We put them together so they would not cancel each other out in the rankings there. And this is where we have to really go back to the deeper meaning of some of these things. So we're reading from the second headline, which is New Zealand mosque shootings, 49 people killed in terrorist attacks on worshipers. We posted the second headline this morning as recorded this Friday, March 15th. Uh, with the two super stories together, there's a bump of response of 79 or 74.9% from the five story. Here are the quick details. I'm not going to go quickly, deeply into the article because we're trying to do better with the time today. But here are the main details from what happened. 
overnight here or in the morning in New Zealand, there was a shooting, two shootings at two main mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. And from there, there was a just a massive amount of chaos from what was going on. A lot of things happened. The shooting itself was live streamed, and there are still, because it's the Internet, you can say thousands of copies of the actual video as it happened going around where people are seeing it, sharing it, and viewing the actual carnage from inside. Uh, one person was it was charged, or three other people at the time that we did this posting that were being uh, interrogated, if you will. And the, the, the background from the person is exactly what you expect from something like this. A person who was essentially a loner, a person who was thinking of immigrants and Muslims and people not like the norm, white guys, as invaders and people coming in to take stuff. And someone who shouted out in an 87-page manifesto of his own knowledge, uh, words of effect to uh, support and show love to Donald Trump for being a staunch supporter of white rights, apparently. Candace Owen, who is a uh, black conservative who apparently is something that was attractive to him because of what he was saying, what she was saying towards immigration. And PewDiePie, who has his own issues just in general, but they said, hey, subscribe to PewDiePie, show your love for another white guy. The the manifesto things always get to me and the confusing nature of them, although many analysts say it was pretty coherent and pretty simple stating exactly what was going on. The, men, the mental aspect, mental illness aspect, probably not a factor here. Just a guy who was into what was going on and what was going on in his head was hate and I will say evil. This week we have two super stories, and these were posted for today, about a day and a half apart. But the story was a beginning that turned into a larger story in the end. And together, they were high enough in the rankings to make sure they were put together to not screw off what was the in the top 10 or the top 15. The headline we're going to talk about is the second headline. We'll go a bit into the first headline into a moment. But the second headline was posted on Thursday, March 14th, and that was K-pop stars Singri and Jung Jun Young implicated in sex crimes investigation. A bump of response of 2.69% from the number four story, that super story from New Zealand. And let me get into this one, and it's going to be a little, like I said, one of those things that is not in my wheelhouse, not something I'm keeping up with. K-pop stars are not exactly on my top playlist. But this is the story of the second one that we pulled from CNN, so I'll read a few lines of that to get you into that one. Several high-profile K-pop stars have been named as being members of an online group chat that shared sexually explicit videos of women filmed without their knowledge or consult, South Korean police confirmed. Police said Thursday that about 10 people were members of the chat group, including K-pop idol and Big Bang star Sungri, singer-songwriter and TV personality Jung Jun Young, and rock band FT Island member Chu Jong-hoon. The explosive allegations are the latest in a growing sex scandal that threatens to destabilize South Korea's multi-dollar, billion-dollar industry of entertainment. Uh, it goes deeper into who they are and what they do. And the original story we posted, because it trended so high that I thought it'd be interesting to see how it would pull up, and it pulled up very high, was a story on Sinigri, uh retiring from K-pop. He, he put out a, a release uh, from this, this. He's with the group Big Bang, and he's retiring from the entertainment industry. He was basically bowing out for 
personal reasons, burnout, whatever he wanted to say, only to find out a day later that he and some others were implicated in this big sex crimes investigation in South Korea. If we will keep up with this as the story warrants, it's not one that's, well, it probably is much bigger here on the side of, of, of the world than I probably thought it was because I'm not into the music. But it's a big deal, and those things are really, really, really weird and really sketchy. So we want to make sure we got it in there. And as we said, we'll explain more in the housekeeping segment in a bit. Uh, we turned it to the Superstore to make sure that it did not skew any of the other results. Remember, you can find information for all of these stories. The super stories, we'll figure out exactly how to weed them down. But we'll have information with links to the stories we're pulling from at the website. This is the conversation.com for the page and the link for this week's show, which will be under wrap up 2019-03-16. That's how we name it. Now, interesting enough, those two super stories moved them up into the three and four spot this week, which was expected. But it was not big enough to move them into the numbers for the top Twitter or Facebook stories of the week. The one and two, respectively, do that. Number two is our Facebook top earner, and number one is our Twitter top earner. And the oddity is, I would expect the story in the number two spot to have performed well in a quick jaunt. The number one story... Not so much. It trended, so we popped it up there and we saw what happened. You guys want to get into it. You like podcasts. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The number two story, which may be my favorite story of the week, is the top Facebook story of the week. A bump of response of 28.2% from the number three story. The headline, dude checks a single can of beer after airline won't let him fly with it. We posted that on Monday, March the 11th, and it lasted the whole gambit of the week to talk about here. And he's going to talk about it here. Nine gag is where we pulled the link, although it was all over the place. We had to make sure that it was something that was relevant and fairly new. And it was. And maybe because it's from Australia. An Australian did this. Maybe that's what pulled the, the thing on it. Dean, an Aussie, was traveling to Perth on Qantas flight QF777. His beloved beer was tagged and sent off to be loaded on the plane with the rest of the baggage, which the Melbourne staff happily did. As you can guess, there's not much to the story, but the pictures tell a grand story. So go to the website, thisistheconversation.com, and click on the link for this week's podcast episode. And you can see the link to see the pictures of the dude who just, you know, wanted a beer when he got off the plane. He couldn't carry it with him, so he checked in the baggage. And it came on through, tagging everything. One of my favorite stories of the year, definitely my favorite story of the week. And this next story is another story, like I said, I would not expect it to uh, blast like it was. It was a top Twitter story for the week. It gets a bumper response from the number two story of 31.86% from the number 10 story this week, which was the story on uh, Empire actress Jussie Smollett being indicted, a bumper response of 380%, and story 208 this week, the top, or the bottom, if you will, 4,222% with some more twos behind it because we round up. The headline, which as I said, totally shocked me that this one would be the top one, but maybe folks are really in the, that much in the podcast. Wondery drops Sword and Scale podcast after host Mike Boudet's dumb C's comment. 
We'll get into what a dumb C is in a second. But that is the headline for the story that you guys thought was top for the weeks. Uh, Rap Pro was where we got this the story from, but it was all over the place and pretty big in the pro podcaster world. The indie podcaster world you know, took a look at it, went with it. But Wondery, which is growing in the world of online entertainment and podcasting, is a big deal. So let's read a little bit of what happened, as per said, in Rap Pro. Wondery has dropped the podcast Sword and Scale and its host, Mike Boudet, one day after the host posted a comment about dumb C's on International Women's Day. The quote from Wondery, we have decided to part ways with Mike Boudet and Sword and Scale. The podcast company tweeted on Saturday, one day after a firestorm over Boudet's latest online provocation. On Friday, which was also International Women's Day, Boudet wrote in a now-deleted post on Instagram, I don't understand dumb C's. Maybe I should take one apart to see how it works. Wondery had declined to comment when the rep asked about the post on Friday and did not immediately respond for a request for confirmation that Friday's post was the reason for cutting ties with his him and his podcast. It goes on, as you would expect, but apparently this guy has been known for being more than a bit provocative, and that usually brings people in, which is normally not a problem until he says the exact wrong thing, and this is probably the exact wrong thing being said on International Women's Day that got him fired. As we heard from the article, at least on here, no updates I can see. No one confirmed that this is exactly what got him fired, but if it didn't, it was probably one little the pieces of the pie to make that thing happen. And that's how we made this thing happen. You made it happen. You told me what stories needed to be in the top ten, what stories were the most conversational for you this week, and we wrap up with um, with that one. I have no closing comments. Today's been a very, very stretched day and a very stretched week. So I guess the, the world in itself is getting to me. And that story about uh, um, Christchurch is really, really, really getting on top of me. I've been really freaked out about the college scam thing for some reason. That's something I've been obsessed with for the entire week. And you guys apparently were obsessed with most of those as well. And you can tell me every single week which ones you are obsessed with so we can talk about it here in this forum. At least I can speak it aloud in this forum. And it's very simple. You follow us, that is the conversation, on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram as well, but you can't really vote there. We just give you like a top five of the day there. You can't really get into the intricate details of the rest of the stuff. But on Facebook and Twitter, every single day, we post about every hour or so, a new story from a different source, and you get a chance to tell us what you think about it by liking it, loving it, sharing it, replying to it, engaging with the post. The more engagement the post gets, the higher score it gets, and it pops up in the top 10 if it's a real high score. If it's not a very good score, it will pop up in the next segment as the almost irrelevant story of the week, and the ones that are barely there, we'll talk about in the third segment for rounding out the top 15. Coming up in just a moment, as we said, we'll talk about story number 208 for this week, and we'll go into some housekeeping explaining the super story uh, concept while we do that and some other sundry things that popped up between last week and this week. That's in housekeeping, and that's all in segment two for the wrap-up show with Jay Clifford Payne for the week ending March the 16th, 2019, brought to you by thisisaconversation.com. About a decade ago, it became fashionable to 
get people to not really start to accumulate things as the minimalist movement was basically starting, but to accumulate experiences, experiences that you can have and that will mean something for a lifetime. And so if you want to accumulate an experience or at least oddly enough, give an experience to someone who wants to get it, you can do it pretty easily by using Cloud9 Living. Cloud9 Living is a great destination source for the most exclusive and amazing experiences out there. In fact, almost 1,800 experiences nationwide and some outside of the national border here in the States. And you can do something very great by giving someone the gift of experience by buying a gift certificate to Cloud9 Living. It's that simple. You can buy someone a gift certificate for various amounts at various locations for various different activities. And the really cool thing about it, or actually two cool things about it, if you want to shift your experience, you can do it easily. And your experience price or the value of the gift you're giving, the certificate, if you will, never expires. They don't start chipping off a dollar every month because you've been holding on to it for a couple of years. Once you buy the Cloud9 Living Experience and you have it in your hand or print it out on your phone, it's yours until you cash it in. It never loses value and you can shift it for whatever experience if your flavor changes throughout your life. You want to go skydiving? They've got things there. You want to fly hot air balloons? Things like that. You want to have a nice romantic dinner in a great excursion place? They can take care of that. You want to drive fast cars? It's there. And they have lots and lots of golf and plenty of others. 1,800 different types of excursions and experiences for you to choose from. And you can choose for yourself or choose to let someone else choose their own by getting a gift certificate for Cloud9 Living. We have a great deal on this one. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. That's cloud with the number nine. Thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. And we have a great deal to get you even more off your experience or the experience you're going to share from our link with our great partnership with Cloud9 Living. We want you to make sure you stop by the website and visit all our sponsors because they all offer up great experiences. But this one literally gives you a great experience. They are Cloud9 Living. Let's start off with the housekeeping first for segment two. And we're going to begin with the super stories we had this week. Number three and number two. Number three involved the K-pop stars, the Korean young pop stars uh, that are implicated in the sex crimes investigation. Number four is the insanity that is dealing with this latest shooting at a mosque, two mosques to be exact, to be uh, to be explicit. And they're not here per se, as in I'm in the middle of the United States. They're happening in New Zealand, but they do have ties to things right here and the culture and the, the conversations we are or maybe aren't having well here in the United States. Uh, as we said, when we have two stories or more than two stories that are so close, basically range into the top 20, 25 that we have so many of them there, we lump them together and we give them more love or more juice to be higher in, in the ranks. The story for the New Zealand mosque shootings, the, the, the first one that we posted uh, when it was going live, people were finding out information immediately, was essentially in the same spot it is right now, the number four spot. Adding the second story did not 
um, did not affect it very much in in any real ranking. In fact, the K-pop stories were both of them in the lower tens, and together that pushed them up to three. The stories for the dude with the can of beer being checked in the airline and the Mike Boudet's comments from the Wondery podcast were so high up that they were not going to be overtaken by these top stories. In fact, like I said, the four story was always going to be a four story. It's just now doubled up on that one. We're going to figure out how we're going to deal with the extra links this week as we're starting to post the links to the actual stories so you can refer to those. But that was essentially the biggest issue we had this week was two super stories. And we've done that plenty of times. We've had as many as four super stories when we posted a lot of a lot of breaking news type things that kept getting updated. We kept putting them out there for conversation. They were all high enough and in range within to make it a bigger story. And we made it a bigger story, one bigger story or two in this case to make that work out as well. We also had a lot of response last week to, I'll say, the the format of the show, the way we're working things, including the fact that we are giving the links to the stories in the website if you go to the website for the show notes. That's the best for show notes I can do is a link to the story that's there. Because a lot of the stories had visual aids, pictures, Instagram-type stuff that needed to be viewed in order to really get the gist of the story. So we appreciate the love on that one and uh, a little extra love we got for trying to keep these things a bit more brief and get things running a little bit. I'm glad to hear about that. Although there was a comment that somebody actually liked it a bit longer and rambly. I'm not sure what that's all about, but we appreciate all the comments that come in. You can send them to us via email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or respond with us inside of the website. This is a conversation.com. Let's move on to the almost irrelevant story of the week. And as, as I've been saying, these stories aren't so much irrelevant, but they're just one of the later stories posted. And so if a story gets posted early in the week and blows up, unless it's something like the, um, no pun intended, the story we have in Christchurch and the shooting and the explosions there, they're not going to make their way that high into the, the rankings from late Thursday to early Friday. This one was posted on early Friday, March the 15th. And it's one that we've been tracking for a while because it's a story that we actually had last week about the $1.5 billion Mega Millions winner saying he, I say he, and we'll get deeper in that when we get the story. Uh, he's was going to be an anonymous. Uh, act of kindness led to him buying the ticket after someone, let someone else buy it first. And they plan to share the winnings with charities. And that's what the headline is this week. 1.5 billion Mega Millions winners sharing part of Jackpot with Charities. USA Today is where we got the story. I'm going to read a few lines that will explain a bit more into what's going on. And while deeper in the story, let's do this first. First off, the store where the ticket was bought, the owner of that store, a CJ Patel, uh, says, um, while this one is a record breaker, it's not the first big one. He sold plenty of big lottery tickets at that store. So there's something about that store probably not, just a randomness of life, that that seems to attract people doing big winners. Let me read from the story to get you more details on what's going on with the actual winner. The winner of the 1.5 billion Mega Millions jackpot has been identified as a she, but is still choosing to remain anonymous according to a press release from her attorney. The anonymous winner in South Carolina who was visiting Greenville from out of town and chose to take a scenic drive during some time down when she passed a KC Mart in Simpsonville, she decided to purchase a ticket there after the sign advertising a huge jackpot caught her eye, the release said. When she realized she was the winner the morning after drawing, 
Complete shock and disbelief set in, and she jumped in joy, the release also said. Her prize, which she opted to take as a one-time payment of $877,784,124, I think there's some change that we had originally, is the largest ever won by a single person. Okay, so in the story, it goes on a list of what she's doing with it. She said she's going to offer up some charities work, and here are some of them. Ron McDonald House of Charities of Columbia. One SC's fund for Hurricane Florence Relief. In the Middle, Columbia. That's a group in Columbia. American Red Cross Alabama Region Tornado Relief Fund. And also to the city of Simpsonville's Arts Center and some other places, small places down the line. So congratulations on her. By the way, KC Mart, uh, the owner, gets a $50,000 bonus for the winning ticket being claimed from there. So there you go. Uh, congratulations on that one. This is the almost relevant story as we had 208 distinct different stories this week. Which story will not make it high enough to be listed next week? You'll just have to be here next week to find out how that works out. But be here in just a few minutes and we will get to rounding out the top 15 stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10. Not quite enough juice and maybe why. Plus, shout outs. You like that better? Just saying shout outs? Shoutouts from Twitter and Facebook in just a moment. From the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne, from thisistheconversation.com, this is the show for the week ending March the 16th, 2019. Today is not about promoting a podcast, at least not per se. But today is about promoting me and doing less podcasts. I wrote a story today that's going to be posted on my Facebook page and in a couple places about the amount of work I'm putting into podcasting, which is way too much. And that's not me saying it from a you know braggadocious thing. It really is way too much work that should be done. I'm asking you as a part of my audience for all my projects to tell me which ones you love so I know which ones I need to focus on and I can actually give some of these up because the time and the effort is becoming a bit of a strain. So go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash page, and you will see the story today with me asking which podcast should I give up. You'll see an image that will have a calendar page that has all the podcasts when they're scheduled to be released. I currently have 10 things in production every week and 18 specific pieces of audio, and I'm sure I've counted that wrong because I did it three or four times, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. And the reasoning behind, or there's a few reasons behind the actual initiative. It was going forth anyway. The reasons behind was from something I read from another group of podcasters who were looking for some support and saying basically how much work their podcast was. And so I'm doing, basically aping what they're doing and asking for support. I'm asking for reverse support at first because I'm seeing which podcasts need to be focused on. So if you are a great lover of this podcast, let me know by going to my Facebook page, J. Cleveland Payne page on Facebook, and you can see which podcasts or what, what the podcasts are about that you like, love, maybe share, and vote on the ones that you like. I'm assuming you'll vote on this one because you're listening this one to this one and this far. But if you like some other brands, there's personal development, there's business, there's some that are podcasting related that will probably stick around as well. One to promote my Mastering Your Message course on getting people to be better messengers and some other fun things as well. So check it out. 
J. Cleveland Payne page on Facebook, specifically facebook.com slash J. Cleveland Payne page. And you can find out how you can help me figure out how to whittle down my workload because it's getting a bit much and I can use your help. If you love this one, let me know. If you love other ones, let me know as well so I know which ones you love the best so I can back a little love off the other ones. Time to give some shout outs to those who gave a little extra love to the conversation this week by doing something worthy of getting your name into the process. Essentially, people who react to links or like, love, share things get their names and the responses and notifications that people put things out there. So if you want to get a little extra love, just, you know, react, love, share, hate, share, love, share, 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 hate laugh at, reply, share, share, share. Do what you can to engage with the process. Some of the names this week who did that on the Facebook include Daniel Williams, Don Parker, Dami Malraj, Derek Jones, Alicia Wolf, Javukia Melvin, Tracy Barrett, and Connectress Travel. Thank you, Connectress Travel. We love Connectress Travel. Hopefully you're doing well in your travels, Connectress. For the Twitter side, we have some some newer ones as well, including some new follows by DC Podfest and the Bonehead Pundit. Uh, so thank you for that. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get to DC Podfest this year and interact with other podcasters. Frank, just Frank, Todd and Lee Ray, AARP goddess who did something crazy this week, but pretty cool, scaring off some pigeons and saving the life of another pigeon. Pause Alive, Dominari, Golf Vacations, we love all vacations as well. And Virus Empathy popped in this week for some love for us. And we thank you very much for that. Let's move into the finality, not a real word, final things for the show, which is going through the top 15, rounding out the stories that didn't quite make it into the list for top 10. Story in the 11th spot this week is Arkansas State Senator Stephanie Flowers gets national attention for comments on race and guns. Now, I'm often um, pegged for being... A little extra blackity black, 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 black in this podcast and on the site because I post a lot of stories the way they catch my attention. So that's kind of how it works. But um, I also get pegged so much for being overly Arkansas because uh, Arkansas stories that get national attention are really cool to me because it's here. I try to just spread around, but obviously these are stories that I am working on in my local area doing Arkansas news. And so the big ones that get national attention, I always try to jump onto. This, if you've not seen it yet, go to our page, click on the link for this week's podcast, and see the link to the video uh, of a, uh, uh, this is a meeting over what we have is Arkansas Senate Bill 484. The meeting was at this point last week, posted on Friday the 8th is when I'm looking at the actual posting uh, of the the thing and that's that's when we posted as well it happened i think the day or day before because we reported on it but there's a video of a heated discussion between uh, senator flowers and another senator as they is talking about the stand your ground proposed rule that we have coming up here and essentially she uh she she called them out uh if you've not seen it or heard about it you just gotta gotta go on to it she's basically saying you basically ended up with saying what you're gonna do shoot me You've got to see the full exchange to get the full context, but just watching that has been an amazing thing. So check that out at our website. It is the number 11 story this week, barely missing it into the top 10. 
The number 12 story is a story that caught our attention slightly in a quick little aside on CNN when I was watching CNN getting ready for a morning. And it grew throughout the day. And by the time I got it posted, it was still gaining some some weight. So it became a pretty big story. But only number 12 for the week. The headline is Meghan Markle racist online abuse puts Palace on high alert. I'm not going to read from the story that I have, but it did come from CNN. But here's the thing. The the British are known for being extremely rough on famous people. Their tabloids just go at them like crazy. And the royals are both beloved and great targets. And this is essentially what's happened with Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle is becoming beloved by a lot of people. But at the same time, they're, you know, picking at things. Of course, the whole issue of gaining a British accent was a weird thing. Now what we're finding is some of the writings are, as we say here in the States, putting a little bit of code into the words, not quite saying the racist things that they are portraying, but screaming the racist things they are portraying all the same. And so you can check out the link at the website as well to go deeper into some things going on there. But there's so many tabloids writing so many things and getting so many things out of context, if not flat out wrong and lies, that because she is A, of African-American heritage, and B, divorced, and C, an actual American, it becomes an issue. So it's an issue that, that the royals are dealing with heavily, as there'll be plenty of large news at her very soon um, giving birth of her first child with uh, Prince Harry. So basically, the, the royals have to find ways to get people to back off Meghan Markle not so much because she's being a Markle and she's royal, but the extra layer of her being black is becoming an issue that they've never dealt with before. A sad story for the 13th spot. This is the headline. College student stabbed while walking her dog near dorm. Posted this on Monday, March the 11th, and it came from KTLA in Los Angeles. I'm going to read a few lines from this story and then move on from this one because that's the only way to really highlight it. Police are seeking a man who stabbed a female University of California Irvine student as she walked her dog near student housing facilities on Sunday night, authorities said. The attack took place before 10 p.m. in the 33,000 block of Oral Drive near the Camino del Sol on-campus student housing area, UCI Police Department spokesman Tom Vaish said. An identified man came up from behind the young woman and stabbed her, he said. She was hospitalized in stable condition. Police initially described the attacker only as a male of a large build. He remained at large. Students were advised to shelter in place as the investigation unfolded. Vice said the amphitheater recreation center was shut down nearby, and it ends with a note for the details were available. No updates to this story in this story, so we don't know how this one ultimately unfolded. This is my second favorite story of the week. The favorite one, of course, was the man who checked his beer when he went on the flight, this one, um, this one, that one made me laugh. This one really tugs the heartstrings and says, you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it. This is proof right here. Model with prominent eyebrows aims to change beauty standards by refusing to conform. Fox News posted this one on Friday, March the 8th. As we said, the 14th story this week, a few lines from this story. A group Cyprus American model is challenging conventional beauty standards with a unique facial feature her unibrow. Sophia Hajapanetti, 22, was born and raised in Cyprus, but now resides in the United States. She says she lets her jet black unibrow grow freely out of a sense of pride for her culture. 
If you're in a family where your brother and dad also have really nice eyebrows, you've never really, you're never really self-conscious of having thick eyebrows. Hajipati said, she said to Hopper's Bazaar, Days Digital, wrote that she is leading a movement. So much so, she has gotten into um, the online world of doing Instagram lingerie things. So you can call her uh, Insta-famous. You can call her whatever you want to, but you can't say she's not doing it her way. Check out the pictures, for good or for ill, at our website with the link from thisisconversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast. You can see her pictures and if you want to follow her, then by all means, do what you want to do. In the number 15 story this week, House overwhelmingly approves release of Mueller report to the public 420 to nothing vote. This was posted on Thursday, March the 14th. And this is a big one because if you are anywhere near a TV and know about the trials and tribulations of a Donald J. Trump as the president of the United States, you know that his presidency is essentially under trial uh, with the notion that there may have been some sort of collusion, some sort of working with other agents of foreign governments, Russia specifically. And Robert Mueller was put in charge of an investigation to work that. From there, you've had plenty of people indicted, plenty of people ratting out uh, the situation. And very soon, we suspect, a report to tell us what this all means. Timing is no one really knows, but all the analysts say based on what we're seeing and the trials that are going to trial and what's happening, they're pretty much at the end. And it's a matter of getting a report that goes to the head of the FBI. The problem is head of the FBI can then do what he wants with it. He can give it to the president. He can give the Congress. He can burn it in a very dramatic fashion like you see on the TV dramas. The Congress is voting to say this report must be released Minus anything that's that's not so much controversial, but anything that's really classified that it's an actual issue for states of emergency. But if it's just salacious, hey, it's all for it. Congress says unanimously, all Republicans and Democrats says at the end of the day, at the end of the report, the report must be put on file to the general public. This is not necessarily binding. We'll see how this one works out. And we see how this worked out this week for this week's conversation show, the wrap-up show from This Is Conversation. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. Thank you so much for going through the entire hour and getting in all the stories you loved and some stories that maybe you put in there because you actually hate it. We can't really tell. We just know what got the response, what really triggered you this week. So if you want to get in on this voting, if you just listen this week and want to have some more fun next week, just follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. On Facebook and Instagram at This Is A Conversation. And our main website is, of course, thisisaconversation.com. Now, on Twitter and Facebook, basically every hour we're posting a brand new news story from different sources. Things that aren't what's stuck on the Chiron. What's not the breaking news that they talk about all day long. Because you get the gist of that story. and We'll get it out there. And then we'll get other stories out there that you may not see because... All the outlets may not be available to you. We get you more stories out there as they pop up. If you like it, like it. If you love it, love it. If you hate it, hate it. If you want to share it, share it. The more engagement you get with each story, the higher they go in a score. And at the end, we put them in a big spreadsheet, do some math and some calculating, and we give you a top 10 story, plus all the way to the bottom of the list of this week. This week, 208 specific stories to talk about. 
It's that simple. If you like the podcast, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss out the episodes. It comes straight to your podcatcher. Whatever podcatcher you want, we're on Apple iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spreaker, we're on Podbean, we're anywhere you pretty much want to be. We got a place for you there. And make sure you're sharing the podcast with as many people as possible so we have greater conversations with greater conversationists. It's simple. You just go to some friends, talk to some enemies, find random strangers, and grab their phones. Take it out of their hands while they're having conversations. Just get in the conversation, hit pause, go to the page, subscribe to the podcast, and hand it back to them. Hit play first so they're listening to it, and then run away to the next person because they'll be so into the podcast, they'll be, they won't have time to thank you. Trust me, this works every single time. People love this. If you want to contact me, it's very simple. Show-related, just send us an email via the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Go to the website, thisisconversation.com. My personal work can be found at jclivenpain.net or email me personally at jclivenpain at gmail.com. And I'm always about doing many things, so check those out. Check out our sponsors, including this week's big sponsor, our main sponsor for Cloud9 Living. And, of course, go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash page, because I'm asking you which of my podcasts need to move on to the next round, just as if we're playing the brackets, which ones go forward. Once again, I say thank you for being a great contributor because you contribute, being a great listener because you're listening, and for being a friend because I see you all as friends, as family even. So if you need something, fam, let me know. I'll do my best to take care of it. In the meantime, we've got seven and a half, eight-ish days to get ready for another great podcast going over the biggest stories that you tell me are the biggest stories. On the wrap-up show with Jay Cliven Payne, brought to you by this is a conversation.com.